want to start a series, Wednesday series, and the, the name of the series is going to be In Adam Versus In Christ. In Adam Versus In Christ. And the title of this message today, I keep forgetting I got a clicker here is two families, two families. Now, there are only two families in the earth. The family that is in Adam and the family that is in Christ. I'll say that again. There are only two families in earth. The family that is in Adam and the family that is in Christ. Heaven only recognizes those two families. When heaven looks down on mankind, heaven sees that you are either in Adam or you are in Christ. Now, in order for you to be in Adam, you have to be born naturally. In order... For you to be in Christ, you have to be born spiritually. When Jesus met with Nicodemus, he told him that he had to be born of the water and the spirit if he was going to enter into the kingdom of God. Then he told Nicodemus that that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So you have two births. You have the natural birth that brings you into earth, and when you come into earth, you are born, you are in Adam. Then when you are born again through faith in Christ, through the finished works of Jesus, you are born again, you are born into Christ. So there are two families in the earth. One is in Christ and one is in Adam. Now, with both families, you receive an inheritance. In Christ, your inheritance is eternal life. It is abundant life. In Adam, you receive death, spiritual death. In Adam... You become an orphan. In Christ, you become a son. Now, we're going to do this over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to simplify it today. But as we go, I want to show you the difference between being in Adam and being in Christ. It's important that you know this, not only for your own behavior, but so that you can know what you gained. So you can know your position of victory. That's the, pl that's the place that you pray from. You don't pray from a position in Adam anymore. Once you are in Christ, you pray from a position of victory. You fast from a, a position of victory. Your whole praise life is from a position of victory. We don't, like I said earlier, we're not worried about the devil. He lost. The only way he could have won was to stop Jesus from going to the cross. 
That's the only way he could have won. That's the only way he could have defeated God by stopping Jesus from dying on the cross. The only way he can defeat you is by stopping you from coming to Christ. Now that you are in Christ, the only way that he can stop you is by getting you to believe his lies. So, Adam was created in the image and the likeness of God. Christ is the image of God. All right? Our first scripture, Genesis 1.26, which is a familiar passage of scripture. I'm going to read this, give some explanation, and then we're going to go ahead and get into it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us, meaning him and Christ, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God said, let us, and I'll clarify it in a second, let us make man in our image. Image is the soul. Is to have a mind. Is to have a heart, is to have a soul, is to have a will, is to have a disposition, a character that is able to attain the highest level of glory in God. Then he said, let us create man in our likeness, which means he made you a spirit being just like him. We are spirit, we are soul, we are body, and we live in a body. I'm going to say that again. You are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. The only reason why you need this body is to live in the earth realm. The reason why you are a spirit, because you live in that realm at the same time. The reason why you have a soul is so that you can think, is so that you can see, so that you can hear, so that you can know, so that you can obtain knowledge. Once you are in Christ, you change at the spirit level. The whole purpose of coming to church is so you can change at the soul level. The whole purpose of getting in your word is so you can grow at the soul level. So your mind, your heart, and your soul can be renewed to the things of God. But what I want you to see on today is that God created man in his image according to his likeness. And the first, next thing he said was, let them have rule over. He gave us authority in the earth. This is the reason that nothing happens in your life unless you ask God, unless you invite him in. This is the reason nothing happens in your community until you invite God in. Nothing happens in your household until you invite him in because you have authority in this planet. He gave authority to you, which means that he relinquished his authority. He has no authority in earth. He gave it to us. That's why he needs us to pray. That's why he needs us to speak those things to be not as though they were. That's why he needs us to bind and loose. Because he has given the authority to us. Satan will have your hands tied behind your back and you have all the power. 
He'll whisper something in your ear just to get you to agree with him, and you don't understand that you have all of the power. Why? Because you have been created in the image and the likeness of your father, and he gave you the authority. Now, the dilemma of this story is that Adam eventually fell, and we'll get more into that. Today, I just really want to touch bases on um, kind of give you something on the, the difference between the two families and kind of give you an understanding of how we got here. I'm not going to go on into the full story, but the story of Adam is that basically Eve was deceived by Satan into eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then she gave it to Adam. Once she gave it to Adam, mankind became cursed. They died. According to Genesis 2, 16 and 17, he told him, he said, the moment you eat from this tree, you will surely die. Now, he did not die of a physical death. Because had he died of a physical death, that's the end of the story. He died of a spiritual death. That is important for you to know. Satan, uh, uh, Adam did not die physically. He died spiritually. When he died spiritually, us as a race, him being the head of that race, we inherited his life. When Jesus came back, Jesus came to give us the life that we were supposed to have in Adam. So, Adam was created in the image and the likeness of God, but Jesus Christ is the image. Colossians 1, 15 and 16 says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So we have here, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. The Bible said that he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Verse 16 says, for through him, God created everything. That's important to know. Because if he created all things through Christ, then when God said, let us make man in our image, he was talking about Christ. He didn't create anything in the image of the Holy Spirit. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. He was talking about Christ. That's why the scripture says, for through God created, before, before through him God created everything in the heavenly realm and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. Everything was created through him and everything was created for him. Verse 17, he exists before anything else, and he holds all creation together. So Christ was the blueprint for mankind. Adam is actually a type of Christ. Actually, Adam was the first person in earth in Christ. Adam was the first man on earth in Christ. And what Adam was supposed to do is this. Adam was supposed to... By way of being married to Eve, they were supposed to have children and in the correct state, not the fallen state, in the correct state that God created him in, they were supposed to have children and they were supposed to be gods. But before they could have children, they were deceived and they failed. 
This is why God told him to not eat from that tree. He told him the moment that you eat from that tree, you will surely die. The reason why he told him that because he was the first man in, in the planet Earth and he was supposed to grow and become like Christ in his soul, in his thinking. So he was supposed to eat from the tree of life. Instead, he ate from the tree of, knowledge, of the knowledge of good and evil. 1 Corinthians 15, 14 says, So also it was written, The first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The first man, Adam, became a living soul. God created him. Then God formed man, the body from the dust of the ground, and then God blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and Adam was a living being. From that position as a living being, him and Eve were supposed to have children, and like I said before, their children were supposed to be in God, in Christ. He was supposed to, Eve was supposed to give birth to God men and God women. But he failed. Because of that failure, Eve gave birth to spiritually dead human beings. And that is the state of the race today until we accept Christ. So everyone that is born after Eve is considered to be in the family of Adam, spiritually dead, detached from God. What Adam lost was sonship. What God came to give us back was sonship. Adam lost a kingdom. Jesus came to give us the kingdom back. The scripture says that the first man, Adam, became a living soul. But then it says the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So we were supposed to be one with Adam when Adam was one with God. He failed. We all died spiritually. Now, Jesus came to give us his spirit. And in giving us his spirit, he changed our divine nature. So everyone that accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior become one with Christ, and now you are in the family of Christ. It's making sense to you? Adam was the head of the human race. We inherited his position and his condition. He was spiritually dead. We were born spiritually dead. He was corrupt. We were born corrupt. When we get in Christ, we inherit his position and his condition. One with the Father, seated in heavenly places. We are righteous. We have been justified. We have been glorified. We are light. We are salt. We have been bought back. We are the redeemed. So while Adam was head or he was the head, while Adam was the head of a spiritually dead people, Jesus is the head of a spiritually redeemed people. 2 Corinthians 15 and 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Why are you a new creature? Because you're no longer in Adam. So once I'm in Christ, the Bible says I become a new creature, a new creation. 
something that never existed. Why? Because I was changed at the spirit level. I had a sinful nature, now I have a divine nature. That's why the scripture says he is a new creature. It says the old things are passed away. What old things? My spiritual condition, the family that I was in. It's passed away. And it says, behold, new things have come. Verse 18 says, now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So now that we are no longer in, in uh, Adam, we are in Christ. We are in Christ because this was the Father's will. So he sent Christ to reconcile us or to restore us to the original relationship that he desired for us to be in. Like I said, there are two families in earth. There's in Adam and there's in Christ. There's no gray area. There's no neutral families. I don't care if they say they're Hindu. I don't care if they say that they're Muslim. No, you either in Adam. If you're a Muslim, you in Adam. Hindu, Buddhist, you in Adam. There's only two families that heaven recognized. Let's explain the reconciliation. Romans 5 and 8. Now, we're going to go from verse 8 to 21 if you're taking notes. It says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, sinners means that we were devoted to sin. Sinners meaning that we were in Adam. Once you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you are in Christ, you are no longer a sinner. The reason why is because your nature has changed. In Adam, you had no choice but to sin. In Christ, you have a choice. In Adam, you can only live a life of sin. In Christ, you have a choice. So it says that God demonstrated his love towards us, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why? For the purpose of reconciliation. I want to restore you to my family. I want to bring you back. I'm bringing back my plan, what I originally wanted. Verse 9 says, much more than having been justified by his blood. Justified means what? That we have been made right in the sight of heaven, in the sight of our heavenly father. It says we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Now, I want to talk about that for a second. You're saved at the spirit level because in, Christ, in Adam, you inherited death. Meaning, if you are in Adam, the only place you could go is to hell. In Adam, you inherited spiritual death, meaning you had no communication with heaven. So you have been saved, but being saved is at the spirit level. Now, I want to explain this to you, and it's a bit off topic, but that's okay. When you're saved, you're saved at the spirit level. Your spirit was in Adam, now your spirit is in Christ. Your spirit... Was, had a sinful nature, now it has a divine nature. Now, the reason I'm explaining this is because there's a difference between saved and salvation. Saved occurs at the spirit level. Salvation occurs at the soul level. So saved means that your spirit man is rescued from the penalties of death and sin. 
which means once I'm in Christ, I'm not worried about going to hell. Once I'm in Christ, I'm not worried about the devil. Once I'm in Christ, I'm not worried about the world. It's not, I don't entertain my flesh. My whole purpose of getting in Christ is so that I can become a child of God. But now salvation deals with your soul developing to understand who you are and walk in it. Because you can be saved but never experience salvation. You can be in Christ but still have lack and poverty because you don't know what the Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father has said about you or what he has laid up for you. So once again, when you are saved, that occurs at the spirit level. But salvation occurs at the soul level. That means you have a right to prosperity. You have a right to healing. You have a right to good relationships. You have a right to be loved. And if you don't know that, you will be a Christian depressed. Wondering why am I saved, but I'm not receiving salvation. Because the Bible says that you have, you have to work out your own salvation. Which means you won't receive salvation or you won't obtain salvation. Walk in all that salvation has for you as long as you don't read the scriptures. As long as you don't study. As long as you don't pray. As long as you don't search the scriptures and find out what the Father has for you. As long as you don't listen to preaching. You don't hear teaching. Your mind stays the same. So the scripture says we shall be saved from the wrath through him. So spiritually, you are in Christ now. You are saved from the wrath. You don't have to worry about hell. Now the only thing you have to worry about is maturing. Verse 10 says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled. So in Adam, we were enemies. Because we were enemies, we had to be reconciled. Reconciled means that there was that we were restored to the relationship. The relationship was bad. It was a breach in it. It was a break in it. We were not on good terms with the Father, with God. So he reconciled us. He brought us back into good relationship with him. So, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Speaking of Christ, verse 11. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. What is he saying? The reconciliation has already been accomplished. So there's no need for you to have a bad day. There's no need for you to go through things in life, have moments of failure, and then come approach God as if you need to get reconciled again. Once the reconciliation is done, nothing can break that bond. Verse 12, therefore, just as through one man's sin entered the world, death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. Now this is crazy, but it's powerful because we have a problem accepting what Jesus did on the cross and that if we accept that, it makes us right with him. But the thing about it is this. The scripture says, through one man's sin entered the world and death through sin. And thus, death spread to all men because all sin. So Adam's decision to disobey God was so powerful that it was able to spread to all of mankind. 
Verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin was not imputed when there is no law. So what is he saying? He's saying that until the law, there was sin in the world. There was people transgressing against the, transgressing against the Father. But this is the thing. Sin was not imputed, meaning it was not accredited. Meaning God couldn't point the finger. He couldn't discipline. Why? Because there was no law. There was nothing for them to obey. There was nothing for them to, to know there was no rules and regulations for them to say, oh, that's wrong. Man just did what they thought was right. And God said, I can't do anything about it. Why? Because there's no rules and regulations for them. Verse 14 says, nevertheless, death reigned. Now, we're going to touch on that thing, that thing, death, in a second. Death reigned, meaning spiritual death, reigned. It ruled earth from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. So Adam was a type of Christ. He was such a type of Christ that his very sin could affect all of mankind. I'm going somewhere. Verse 15 says, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, so if by Adam's offense all died, if Adam can change a whole condition of a human race by his sin, the scriptures are saying this, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So if Adam's sin can change the whole condition of the whole world simply by default, we didn't even have to have faith in Adam for it to happen. We just had to be born. Just our birth put us in this predicament. So the scripture is saying, if Adam's sin was that powerful, how much more is what Christ did? Why is he letting us know this? So that you can come into the family and you don't think that in Christ is weaker than being in Adam. We were in Adam wanting to change. We got in Christ and didn't feel the change. Didn't notice the change. Why? Because it wasn't taught to us. Because our souls was not made aware of it. Because when we changed, it wasn't physical. And typically we can't see change if it's not physical. If I come in here tomorrow, Sunday, and my beard is bleached, you notice the change. But if, if I come in here Sunday and God has blessed me with anointing and you just see me, you don't notice the change. Why? Because it's a spiritual thing. So the change is spiritual, but you have to recognize the change. You have to realize the change. That's why you have to get in the scriptures. So the scripture says, Let's go to verse 16. It says, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. So Adam's sin condemned everybody. We, know, we recognize that. You can see the difference between the two families in earth. Watch this. But the free gift which came from many offenses 
resulted in what? Justification. It's two families. One family is justified, the other family is condemned. The world is one big orphanage right now. It's an orphanage of condemned people. Why? Just from being born. Not even knowing that all you have to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you can come over into the family and be God's son and be right in his eyes. Just by accepting him by faith. Verse 17, for if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, mm, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. It's two families. In, this, in the family of Christ, you have life. In Adam, you have death. In Adam, you are condemned. In Christ, you receive grace, abundant grace. Verse 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. He's saying the same thing all over, over and over again, trying to get you to see this. For as by one man's disobedience, no, sorry about that. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in what? Condemnation. Condemned. Judge. You are sentenced. In Adam, you are sentenced to hell. You are spiritually dead. You have, you have no connection with heaven. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were what? Made sinners. You didn't have a choice. You were forced into that lifestyle. Why? Because of Adam. There's a difference between being in Adam and in Christ. When the Bible tells you to walk in the spirit, it's telling you to walk in Christ. When it's telling you to live in the spirit, it's telling you to live in Christ. Live in the family. Walk according to the family guidelines, the family rules. Understand that God is your father. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made. It didn't say many will try to be righteous. You are made righteous. He's letting us know what? This is how heaven sees you. Like I told you, I have to really teach this. I have to really be redundant with this, continue to repeat this over and over because, like I told you, it's not an intellectual thing. It is something that you're going to run into every day. The moment Satan comes up against you in your head, you have to know you're right because he will run you rampant telling you you're not blessed. As soon as you make a mistake, lying to you, and he waits for the perfect moments. He waits for the moments where you ain't got nothing. He waits for the moments when you're sick. He waits for the moments when people are coming against you. And he begins to speak into your ear. And those are the moments that you need to know that you're right. That you're right in God's eyes. It's not a thing where he's going to take us out. That ain't the problem. It's not a thing. Satan can't touch you. He couldn't touch Job. He had to get a permission from God to touch his servant. 
That's crazy. He had to get permission from God to touch Job. Job wasn't even his child. Job was in Adam. Moses was in Adam. Elijah was in Adam. Verse 20, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound or increase. That's crazy. So he's basically saying that the law came about so the sin would increase. So what is he saying this for? He's saying God wanted you to know your, what, that you were in sin. Why? Because he wanted you to understand that you could not live. You cannot do right without him being in you. Without you coming into Christ, you can never live right. No matter how many laws that were imposed on you. Like I say, it's just like a speed limit sign. It's there to show you how fast to go, but it can't control your foot. It takes something inside of you to obey. Not something outside of you. We are no longer under external law. We are under internal law. That's what Jesus said when he came to fulfill the law. In fulfilling the law, he, made, he took a law that was external and now made it internal. It's way more laws now. That's why it's a lot of grace. But where sin abound, grace abound the much more. I love this scripture because this is the scripture that defies all of the stories about how the moment you sin, God separates himself from you. Well, that ain't what it said. It said when sin increased or abounded, grace abound much more. Like I say, that is the father saying, this sin proves to me that I need to spend more time with my child. Sin, this is what sin proves, that you need to be raised, that you need to be nurtured. This is what sin proves. Sin proves that the father needs to spend more time with you. It proves that you need to spend more time with the father. So he said when sin increased, grace increased the more. Why? Because these are my children. Why? Because in Adam, it was nothing but the law. Why? Because none of them were God's children. In Christ, it's nothing but grace because the Father looks at you and he says, I would rather raise them, I would rather love them, I would rather nurture them than condemn them. Because it defeats the purpose. The law defeats the purpose if we are in Christ. The whole purpose of being in Christ is so we can grow. The law defeats that purpose. The law can only show you you're wrong, but it can't change you. That's why the Bible said the law was until Christ. The law was a tutor until Christ. The law was there to show you you are wrong, you need to change, but also it was to show you that you need to switch families because you can't do it on your own. Watch this. Verse 21. So that as sin reigned in death, even so, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Read that again. So that as sin reigned in death. Death is to be disconnected from the spirit realm. Adam's sin did what? Disconnected him from the spirit realm. 
He lost the ability to relate to God. He lost the ability to live from the abundance of heaven. Watch this. He lost the ability to build community. All of mankind was supposed to be godly coming out of the loins of Adam. He lost the ability to create God men. That's why the scripture says Adam was a living soul, but Jesus is a life-giving spirit. Even so, grace might reign. So sin reigned to death, but now grace reigns. Sin reigned, ruled, had preeminence, but now grace does. Through righteousness to eternal life, through Jesus Christ our Lord, there's two families. In one family, you have eternal life. In the other family, you're sentenced to death. It's a family affair. That's why Jesus said, my father, your father, our father. He's letting you know you're in the family. That's why he said what? Pray to the father. That's why he said what? The father rewards you. In Adam, there is no reward. Deuteronomy. Now, the children of Israel were a type of body of Christ. He chose the children of Israel as a foreshadow or a shadow of what the body of Christ would be to him. He called them out of the world to be his special people. Look what he told them. He said, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I have set before you, what? Life and death. He said, I've set that before you. I've given you the choice. You can choose life or you can choose death. You can choose to be connected to me or you can choose to be disconnected from me. You can choose to be in the family of Christ or you can choose to stay in the family of Adam. He says that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. So in Christ, you are blessed. Ephesians 1 and 3 says that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All you got to do to get your blessings is to fall in line with who you are in him. Blessed are who? The poor in spirit. Humble. Don't think you know everything. Allow the father to raise you, teach you. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who suffer for my name's sake. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly or standing in the way of the sinner or sitting in the seat of the scornful. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. So the thing about it is you're blessed in Christ, but you can still be cursed in Christ by being in Christ with the mind of Adam, with the heart of Adam. So although you are in Christ, you can be in Christ thinking like when you became a new creature, I told you, it was at the spirit level. It was not at the soul level. It was not at the heart level. It was not at the mind level. That's why the Bible says you have to be transformed. Now, you've already been saved. You're already in the family. Why do you need to be transformed? Because now you need to learn how to think. You need to learn how to align your mind, your heart, and your soul with who he said you are, who he said you are, with the family that you are in, with the name that you now bear. If you are hardy, and 
Well, <laughs> one day Warren Buffett adopted you. You need to stop thinking like a Hardy. You get me? You need to align your thinking with the Buffets. That's what this looks like. Whatever your last name is, you got to upgrade. You need to upgrade your thinking to align with who you are. That's why he told him, I have set before you. I'm giving you a choice. Choose life or you can choose death. You can choose blessings or you can choose curses. Therefore, he said, choose life. He told you what to choose. Choose life. Get in Christ. Why? That both you and your descendants may live. It starts with you. But believe me, at the end of the day, it's going to be a lot more of us. It starts with you. Then your family. Then your friends. Watch this. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, because when you're in death, you can't hear him. Only thing you can hear is repent. That you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give to them. Watch this. They are a type. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are a type. The promised land is a type. They got some physical land. We get eternal life. It was a type. It was an example of something that was to come. We're going to do a whole teaching on that because you need to understand how to read the Old Testament. Too many people read the Old Testament and they take it literal. And although he was literally speaking to them, it was a type. It was a shadow. It was, it was a literal thing. It was, he was speaking to them in figurative language. So although it was a literal thing to them, it was telling them something that was deeper and better to come. My last scripture. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. You need to know that. He's patient towards you. Why? Because you just switched families. You need to learn this family way of doing things. You need to align your thinking with the family of Christ. You need to align your heart with the family of Christ. You need to align your conduct and your behavior with the family of Christ. But he says that he's patient towards you, not wishing that any would perish. Meaning, when it's all said and done, God's will is this, that there's nobody in the, in the family of Adam anymore. That's his goal. That's the ministry of reconciliation. Our job is to pull people out of Adam's family into Christ's family. Because like I said, there's two families on earth. Heaven sees two families. Ain't no gray area. It's black or white. It's either you in Adam or you in Christ. But what you want to do if you're in Christ, 
You want your behavior to align with it because that's where your blessings is. That's where the life is. He says, I wish, not wishing that any will perish, but that all will come to repentance. And that's all repentance is. Repentance is the changing of your mind. It's, it is you making a, a, a decision. I no longer want to be in the family of Adam. I want to be in the family of Christ. That's all repentance is. It's you making a mental decision. You making a heart move to say, I no longer want to be in that family. I want to be in the family of Christ. Now, they used to teach us that repentance was us apologizing to God for sin. And it, I can understand where they say that. Now, you know, if you do sin, you want to have a repentant heart towards the Father. But repentance ultimately is just you changing your mind. When Jesus said, repent for the kingdom is available, he was saying, change your mind, change your way of thinking so you can come into this family. And the reason why it's not you apologizing to God, because it is not your fault you were born in Adam. Nobody in here chose to be born in Adam. Nobody chose that. That's why he's merciful. Because everything that you went through in Adam, that wasn't your fault. It started as being Adam's fault. Well, at first it was Eve's fault for eating the fruit. Then it was Adam for taking it. Because watch this. If Adam never touched that fruit, or if he, and, and it wasn't really a real fruit. It was really a, a way of thinking. But if Adam never partake in it, Eve is the only one lost. That's why Adam gets the blame. Because when he cursed Adam, he told him, he said, I cursed you for listening to your wife over me. If he never touched it, if he like, woman get out of my face, <laughs> we good. Amen. It's only two families. I know the world thinks it's many, but it's only two families. You either in Adam or you are in Christ. And as we go forward in the next couple of teachings, we're going to do a, a biblical compare and contrast between who you were in Adam and who you are now in Christ. You need to know that because, like I said, your position is good for your mental stability. If you don't know who you are, the devil can lie to you. And it's important, especially for us to have kids. Because, man, the schools are cruel. <laughs> People are cruel in this world. Life is cruel. And if you don't know who you are, you will fall victim. Let us pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we ask that this teaching, Father, will be solidified in the mind and hearts of everybody.